Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 106.3 on the FM dial is... Uh, these formats return to local programming for the next couple of hours. We appreciate you spending some of your time uh, here with Trent and myself. BMW of Des Moines guest, looks, guest list looks like this. Uh, this morning, we're going to head towards the bottom of the hour. We'll head to Las Vegas. Well, they got snow last week. Did you see what? that? I did. Snow, yeah. Snow uh, in Vegas. Uh, crazy. Uh, but uh, Kenny White is there, and we will talk to one of the most well-known line makers uh, in the history of sports betting in that town. KennyWhiteSports.com is his website. He's actually sponsored this Super Bowl week by something called Tums Worthy Bingo. Looks like it's a game you can play for free during the Super Bowl, so okay. we'll pick his brain on TumsworthyBingo.com. Uh, 10.30, but more so on the game itself and on the line and some of the props and how he goes about attacking some of these props that will be out there. So Kenny White leads things off. Anxious to speak with our uh, with Shelby Mast, who's been our bracketologist here for the, uh, oh boy, uh, for a long time. ShelbyBracketWag.com. He is Gannett's bracketologist. See that as the USA Today. See that as the Des Moines Register. Shelby will join us for the first of his weekly appearances now that the calendar flips from January until February. He's got Iowa as a three. He's got Drake as a six. He's got Loyola in the field. So two Valley teams. Uh, So we'll talk to Shelby Mast on his bracket and the struggles uh, to come up with a uh, a bracket this year uh, in this season. So Shelby Mast will complete the guest list in the first hour of the program. They went then Wade looking, Bill. The Hawks have Michigan State tonight. We'll pick the former Hawks brain at 11.05 before Zubin Mahente will join us uh, as we'll go around the world of sports. I'm sure we'll mix in a little, little weather update because he's in New York City and the Big Apple was clobbered yesterday uh, by snow and I believe it's still snowing. So Zubin will join us at 11.20. Drake wins. Iowa State and Iowa both play tonight. Baylor, Texas at the same time. Six o'clock is going to be a busy hour flipping around if you only have the one uh, one device to watch those games on. How are you? I'm doing pretty well and uh, good to see the doggies. Just a completely oh. different performance than what we saw Sunday. And to dominate in that kind of fashion, mm. to bounce back and play at that kind of level in a game where the day before you stole one. It, it yeah, kind of had that feeling. Like that. Good teams find a way to win they those do. games, right? No doubt. And they were able to do that. But to put that kind of whooping Oof. on, what I see, the biggest conference win in program history. I'm not surprised. I, I think I 35? saw that Jesus. Yeah, come come across the Twitter, Twitter sphere last night after the game. That's how well this team is playing and doing it in a myriad of different ways. That's the great thing watching this team. And to be honest, learning about this team as we're getting deeper <laughs> and deeper into it because... In November, just weren't really on my radar. No, no, no nobody's. They'll probably be man. Maybe they'll be okay. Uh-huh. And DeVries, he's earned kind of that respect that yeah. they'll be okay. But remember, coming into the season, you and I was not a consensus pick, but they were the favorite in the Valley with AJ Green coming back yeah. and Austin Fife, an All Conference player. That was not Loyola. It was you and I. Right. That most people in the media 
selected to win this. Well, we've seen what that A.J. Green injury, what's happened there. For Drake, it was, can you stay out of Thursday? That was kind of the expectation level again. Finish in the top six and go from there. And here they are, undefeated and the domination of last night. It was eye-opening. No, it really was, Trent. And uh, look, I don't want to minimize the the next weekend games, the back-to-backers they will have, but uh, Loyola Chicago looms. Mm -hmm. Valentine's weekend, I think 13th, and I think maybe Valentine's Day as well. Is it 13, 14, or 14, 15? Somewhere in there. It will be the 13th and the 14th. 13th and the 14th. So I'm sure there are a few tickets as they're letting some people in the stand. Boy, it sounds as though, looking at the uh, box score from last night, I think DeVries was picking out random students out of the student body, the student section, and putting them in the game. Trent, they play 12 guys off the bench. It's a deep bench. Apparently so. I didn't think they had that many guys. You you get a uniform, you get a uniform. uh, How many can you dress? Jesus, unbelievable. Um, But when you're up like that in 35 points, Mm -hmm. uh, they were able to do so. And and, and a game with Brody, who was terrific the, the day before, really didn't do much offensively. Right. Um, it was Murphy that, yeah. that was and Hamful. Boy, those two guys having terrific seasons. That front line and you know how different maybe this this team is and how they're built and how they can compete. Not with the Gonzagas and Baylor's, yeah, but that next tier of teams. Because to get to a Sweet Sixteen, who knows what they're going to be seen? And that's that's a different conversation right. we need to have today. They're all over the map. <laughs> It's crazy. And that's kind of what I talked about with, with Shelby. How difficult, and I can't wait to ask him this, mm-hmm. how difficult is this year going to be? Because normally when you look at Lenardi mm-hmm. and you look at some of the other brackets that are out there, DeCourcy, who we yep. had on last week, he knows the game as well as anybody, there's kind of, okay, one guy's got him as a 7, this guy's got him as an 8. Yeah. There's not a lot of fluctuation. The most variance is maybe two seed lines right. that but you see. Shelby... And I believe Lenardi, no, Lenardi has Drake as an eight. Shelby has them as a six. And DeCourcy has them where? Didn't you tell me 11? A 10. A 10. Playing the seven seed Minnesota and Leon Robbins. How sweet would that be? Sign me up. <laughs> How sweet would that be? Uh, maybe sign me up in the round of 32 for that one. How yeah, good that? point. Yeah. Uh, let, let's uh, let's advance them uh, at, at least one game. Well, so good there, for Drake. There's a great website. It's Bracket Matrix, and it takes all of these. It does, yes. Not just the national mm-hmm. guys, but... There are dozens yes. of them on this thing. Some nerd like me that just wants to put it together. Yeah, and it's if a you... consensus is yes. what it is. So Drake right now on there is a nine seed. That's what across the board consensus. Uh, what's what the high? Have. What's the low? Twelve is the largest number. Yeah. What would you say? The yeah. highest seed? The highest, uh, lowest? I don't know. I think that's the highest seed. Okay. Yeah. The highest seed. They, they are a 12. That is the biggest one there. They're a three seed. Jeez. It's the other one. Now, where does this come from? I, I always like to click and see where this is. This is from CBR, College Basketball Rating Matrix. Never heard of it. So let's see if we can find one maybe... A little more well, credible. I, go on the uh, go back to CBR for a second. Who are their ones? I'm anxious to hear that. Oh, there, that's a good call. Yeah, see, just and they updated just yesterday, so this is okay. one that hasn't updated in a week or two. Gonzaga, yeah, Baylor, okay. Michigan, and Houston. Ah, uh, okay. Twos are Iowa, Illinois, Alabama, USC. Oh, come on. USC's this, this must be some kind of computer model, yeah, I would guess. On. USC's, uh, yeah. what, seven, eight, nine? Yeah, more in that range. Uh, there is another one, though, that has Drake as a three seed. Let me scroll back and find where that one was. HM. What do we got for HM? That's Haslam Metrics. This is a guy I follow on Twitter. Really? A very statistical-based model. 
Um, like to take some of the, look at some of his things for point spreads. Uh, part of my process for the games I don't know a whole lot about, but uh-huh. my numbers kind of come out, and that's when I look at uh, his computer model. Still interesting, though. Uh, offensively, that's what that is, 22nd. But yeah, his metrics uh, and what he put together for the bracket has him a three. But this wide range of Drake. Let's play two I want games. you to do Iowa in a second, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Two ways. They run the table. They go undefeated. Uh-huh. They finish, what would it be, 25-0? and 0? Okay. What does that do? I mean, how, how high can Drake in a MVC that's better than it's been some of the past years, but mm-hmm. still not great? Mm-hmm. Do they get as high as a three-seed? Is that crazy with an undefeated team? Oh man! Is there is there a ceiling that they're going to hit? Even as because they still don't have a win against a t- they don't have a quadrant one win. They were fifteen and three. I just cheated. I just looked in two thousand eight nine mm-hmm. the two thousand eight uh, seven eight season rather and lost what two games in like the last four or five of the regular season. Is and that then right? one yeah they that, that late they did and then of course won that won the mm-hmm. uh, tournament in St Louis. Um, they finished twenty eight, but they were a five seed. They were a five seed. I mean, I guess it's not without the realm of possibility if they're unbeaten that they could. That get zero there. is important. Oh, absolutely! If they're going to be a three, that zero is critical. And you would have at that point at least three, maybe four quadrant one victories, mm-hmm. depending on what happens with Missouri State. They'll Loyola just put it to them once again. Loyola's good, Trent. I mean, yeah. this this is going Real to be. Good. I hope. That there is real TV mm-hmm. on the weekend of the 13th and 14th. And I think 14th. with the Valley, yeah. I think and there the, has to be. Right. For those two games, this is... Look, people will tune in for this. If mm-hmm. you're a basketball fan and you you know normally you're going to find an ACC or an SEC, you're going you're gonna to look for this. And you don't be looking on ESPN Plus or ESPN3, yeah. particularly ESPN3. Um, well, hopefully there'll be some TV. So, and, and it'd we, be thirty games if they get every every game in. Okay, and three in the conference tournament. They're still scheduled for the twenty-seven games. Wow. At thirty and zero. Yeah, no, no, they're three. They're at least a three, yeah, and maybe even a tick higher than that. So, the other side though, you take say two losses, you split with Loyola, and you don't win the conference tournament. They're still in. Oh, sure, I think so. I don't think they're going to drop that much. Well, uh, Shelby's got Loyola right now, who would be on, I think, is an 11, 10 or 11 seed right now. Okay. In, in a bunch of those. All right. So, what, where, where's Iowa? What's Iowa's uh, top seed? Uh, and uh, and who, who doesn't like the Hawks? Well, they are pretty much a two or three with almost in the matrix. Everybody. Everybody's yes. got them there. Yeah. Yeah. So, almost everybody has them in that range. There is a six I see here that is the, the worst of the seed lines for them. Something from hoopshd.com. That's where they have them. One uh, one guy we used to have on, and he has a new job now, uh, and he's not able to join us. Uh, Jeff, what was his? Jeff Waxman. Don't remember. B ball predict. And oh he, yeah, okay. I he's know the that. guy yeah. that doesn't do what a bracket looks like right now because I mean it's pretty easy, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's a little more difficult this year, but in general, pretty easy. All right, this is your net ranking. This is your record. This is your quality wins. Here's your quad one. Yada, 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 and spit it out. He would look forward. What he projects teams would finish by the end of the year and what they would be. And that's kind of an interesting way to do that. I wish there were more of those out there. I wish there were more people that, that crystal balled it. I, and maybe it's just me. I like to look forward and, and try to guess what it's going to look like in March 
as opposed to what it looks like right now because they're not playing the tournament right now. No, they're not. They've got some work to do. In fact, we've got a month's worth, more than that, before we get there, and I'm all for doing that. I've, I forgot to remind everybody, we do have a keyword coming up here. We'll do that in about five, maybe oh, between five and ten minutes. We'll give you the first keyword of the day. So yesterday, the NFL... Uh, they um, their Zoom. Uh, they did one of their media days yesterday. I guess there was a local kid uh, from a. I think he's it was an Iowa State grad. He uh, did you see this on Twitter yesterday? No. So I'm not. I can't. I wish I could remember the kid's name. Um, but he sounds like he went to Iowa State. He might be part of the wide right natty light now. He's got a, a a newspaper gig in a small newspaper in southeastern Iowa somewhere. And somehow he got called to ask Patrick Mahomes a question. Nice. Really cool. Really cool. And he asked him about his memory of losing to Iowa State. <laughs> what was 66 the score? 66 to 10? No way. He did. He asked him about that. Well, it's the last time he's lost a game. What's the stat? Either by double digits or by two scores. Well, so, so the question made sense yeah. be- because of that. But Mahomes, um, he brought up Joel Lanning. Oh, really? He, he um, and I'm paraphrasing. You've got to find, we've got to find the audience because yeah. it's really good. Uh, search Joel Lanning on Twitter and you'll find, you'll find Mahomes. But he talked about um, Joel Lanning. He, he ran for 12 touchdowns in a million yards or something in that football game. But it's pretty cool that the... You know, the heir apparent, if you will, not the great, you only have one greatest of all time, but the greatest in the game is clearly up for debate on a year to year basis. And Mahomes is going to be in that conversation for the next decade minimum, um, to, you know, to, to bring a little, to localize it a little bit. Yeah. So I, I, again, the kid's name escapes me, but good for him for, for, for asking that question and better on Patrick Mahomes for, for answering it and not looking like he was, you know, bored with the answer. Um, do you, do you have it? I got it, yeah. Not I got right. a 30-second clip right here. This let's, is pretty good. Let's hear Patrick Mahomes reflecting on the last time he got blown out in a game. I remember that game. I remember they scored first. We went down got a field goal. They scored again. Um, we got a stop, and I got hurt on the drive. And then I went into the locker room to kind of check out. My shoulder came back, and it was like it was 35-3 to And after that. Um, I think Joel Lanning, I think that was the name of him, the quarterback, had like 12 rushing touchdowns or something. I hear the sun stupid. Like he had a million touchdowns, a million yards. Um, but uh, it's definitely something that is it's super funny. But I like to talk about the other Iowa State games I won. So we can bring those up next time. Uh, how about that? So good for Patrick Mahomes. And, and good for, uh, is the guy's name on there? That, that's the question? Uh, well, I found the tweet came from Jared Larson where I found it. I don't know if that's the guy that yeah, also sure asked either. it or not, but it's good for him. Yes, good yeah. for him for bringing. Yeah, that up. I think that's his. Yeah, currently sports editor at the News Review, and now also where is does, that? Any idea? Uh, do not. Uh, also does history at Wide Right and Natty Light. Let's see if uh, this website pops up here. News Review. I'd have to look. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard of it, but uh, but cool. Localize it, bringing mm-hmm. the uh, Super Bowl a little bit to the state of Iowa and making Cyclone fans smile, I'm guessing, when, when they saw that. So the uh, NFL, I watched a lot of the coverage yesterday on the NFL Network, and you know what, Trent? Um, we were, I remember thinking back to April, what's the draft going to be like? And, you know, because this was relatively new in COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember back in April how pumped we were about the NFL draft and then, of course, the um, uh, the Jordan trilogy? Right. <laughs> I mean, these are things that we're going to reconvene Monday and recap a television show, but that's all we had. But the NFL pulled off the draft with flying colors, with flying colors. Mm-hmm. And if day one of Super Bowl week is any indication, they're doing a pretty good job of of 
normalizing it as best as they can in a pandemic. I saw a lot of the interviews. Um, I saw some uh, Rich Eisen anchored it, who's really good. Boy, you know, when he when he moved over there, mm-hmm. I went, boy, I wonder if that's the right move for him. He was the first guy to kind of he make really that kind was. of jump. Dave Revson mm-hmm. jumped BTN. from ESPN to, uh, ESPN to the Big Ten Network, home run. Eisen follows suit to the NFL Network, and at the time, he's anchoring, he's 10 o'clock. Wasn't Eisen first? I thought it was Revson. I don't know. Well, whatever. But the yeah. two, two ESPN guys, mm-hmm. I mean, Eisen had a higher profile than Dave Revson. Because Bob Dyer and I talked to Revson a bunch. Oh, really? When we, when, um, so we were at the Jock around 2000, uh-huh. and he was at, still at ESPN. I don't know who was first, but, but regardless, I thought Eisen might have been making a mistake. Oh, he's yeah. working with Dan Patrick. He's doing the 10 o'clock mm-hmm. Sunday night Sports Center. He's in the prime chair when Sports Center was still as big as it or as as it once was. But 2003 he, for Eisen, 07 for Revson. There, so there you go. I stand corrected. Um, but regardless, two guys both made really good career yes, decisions as it's worked out for both of them. Uh, and Eisen did a terrific job of bringing that together. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be more today. 25,000 people in attendance. Saw that. Yep. 30,000 cutouts. Oh, is that? I didn't see yeah. that. Now, how so, do you get one of those cutouts? Do you buy them? I would guess, yeah, that there's probably mostly what season ticket holders for Buccaneers. They'll mm. probably get the first look. They'll put some different people that have done different things. Of course, we have the group that is going to be there that is part of the frontline workers uh, throughout this, and that'll be yeah, really cool to see. Each team I know got, I think, four or four workers and a guest. Okay. So the 32 team. Now, don't players each get two tickets? In the past, in the past, this year's got to be. I would think a little different, right? And how does I mean? I'm players in the uh, in the entire league, not just on the Super Bowl. That's right. I remember. Yes, I remember that. uh, Reading about that, Mm, I think so. And guys, wasn't there some kind of scandal that came out of that? Oh, I'm sure too? there was. It's, yeah, it's tickets, and somebody's going to sell their tickets, right? And, and they didn't pay taxes uh, that, on it, or something. Bringing up bad memories. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not go down that path. Right. But yeah, there was something that was happening with NFL players that yeah, seemed pretty easy there. Right. That can't happen this no, year, though. I wouldn't think so. But twenty five thousand, uh, and when you go to the Super Bowl, at least I don't remember Super Bowl fifty. Every chair's got a little gift, a gift. Package, all right. A care package on each seat, mm-hmm. and you know there's some cool stuff in it. I mean, we brought my wife and I brought all our stuff home, or she did. Um, but this year it's all PPE related, <laughs> okay? Which kind of makes sense yeah. what we're going through. Yeah. Trent, I'm, the more I started to look at this game, the more I'm thinking I was dead wrong when I thought um, that this is going to be a blowout. I'm starting to come around on Tampa Bay a little bit. Is it the offensive? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's. When you started last Monday, a week, well, eight days ago now, yeah. that was the first thing that jumped to my mind. That offensive line and the front, how Tampa They're is all playing. backups. They are. And it, and now with uh, the center. Kilgore. Well, now, here's well, another thing. So Adam Schefter on Friday or Saturday tweeted out about today's the last day. If you're COVID positive going forward, mm-hmm. you're out of the game. Right. Yesterday, two Chiefs are put in the protocol. Now, I don't know if they tested positive. They did not. They were not they did not test positive. It so was close con- contact. Close contact. Yes. And the close contact, did you hear how they got it? No. The close contact, the Chiefs brought in a barber. Oh no. To cut all the teams the guys that wanted their hair cut for Super Bowl mm-hmm. week. And the barber, who had been tested mm-hmm. a couple of times, including before he gets in to cut their of hair. Of course. Negative. Test comes back positive. 
And now, so that's how they're caught up. So maybe because they weren't actually positive, that's that the contract, yep. the close contact, contact tracing will allow them potentially to play in the in the game on Sunday. Yeah, they will be tested even more. We know all the players have been tested twice right. daily uh, the week leading up, and I'm going to guess that's going to continue oh, now. Sure. For those guys, though, mm. I think before they can even go on the practice field, I think I saw. And don't quote me exactly, but if my memory's correct, it was four consecutive negatives gotcha. before they could even be back in the facility or be on the practice field. All right, let's get our first break. Uh, we're going to give Kenny White some time. He's going to tell us about that uh, that thing he's got going on, Tums Worthy Bingo. More importantly, he's got a lot of props for he, us. He does. Uh, I, I look forward to that as well. Uh, that's what I, you know what? I was trying to think. I think I'm going to find ten props that I like. Uh-huh. And that's how, that's going to be the extent of playing the game. I'm not sure I'll take a side. Okay. I think I'm just going to play. You know. Are you going to give them out on Friday? I think. Yeah. Well, I think with sure. Why not make a contest between? Well, you we're and I? we're in that contest with uh, DraftKings with DraftKings and Wild Rose and Jefferson yeah, against the Fanatics against the Fanatics. Right. I, I don't think either of us will go zero and ten. No, I, that was Chris. Chris Williams. Right. Oh, Mister zero and ten. So if Chris goes. Well, for 20 this week. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. But if he sweeps the board, he would have to sweep the board to get to 500. Assuming there are 10 props. We're doing 20. This oh, we're doing 20. We're doing 20. He oh, can get so to 60. I thought, I thought I was home free. No, so, so you got, got work, work to, do. to do. You got work to do. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, let's let's do <laughs> some fun. props. Uh, we will talk to Kenny White next. Shelby Mast, bracketwag.com at 1045. Right now it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword cash to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000 cash to 200. 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Off to Vegas we go when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. Miller Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial, 15 minutes or thereabouts. We will uh, get Shelby Mast in here, bracketwag.com, bracketwag.com, for those of you who like to follow along with the brackets and do so. Uh, he, I know he updates his uh, his bracket each and every day. Look forward to speaking with Shelby uh, for the first time here, uh, at least uh, in this season. Then the 11 o'clock hour, we'll speak with Wade Looking Bill. Of course, former Hawkeye Wade Looking Bill will take a look at tonight's game. The Hawks in the midst of a, sounds crazy, two-game losing streak uh, as they try to snap it tonight against Michigan State, who is having a non-Michigan State-like year, to say the least. Their two conference wins, Nebraska and Rutgers. That's it. Nebraska and Rutgers. And then Rutgers turned around and hammered them uh, in the rematch, beat them by 30, as we saw in Piscataway. What was that last week, I want to say? Uh, let's get Kenny White in here as we head off to the Vegas Tumsworthy Bingo. We'll talk about that in a second. You can download your bingo card and play along during the big game. Uh, Kenny White joins us. Kenny, we'll talk more about Tumsworthy Bingo. I know you're very involved in that. I read the release. Anxious to pick your brain on that. But first of all, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Doing well. and uh, Very excited for a... Uh... Historic Super Bowl, I feel like. You know, we may never see anything like this again with uh, the greatest quarterback in the game to play and Tom Brady and then the, uh, the the best quarterback at this time, Patrick Mahomes. So 
Yeah, this is going to be fun. And you, you have a team playing in their their, their own stadium for the right. first time ever in Super Bowl history. That that even makes it that much more interesting. No question about it. So let's start there, Kenny, of how, how you look at that. How do you look at that as far as home field advantage? Is there any for Tampa Bay? I mean, like you say, it is in their building. How did you go about uh, assigning a number, uh, your power ranking, and, and including the home field advantage if there is one this year? Well, when you're going to your own stadium every day and you see the same people, you're in your same locker, you're the same hot tub, you're the same trainer, I think that's just a a comfort thing. And it it definitely has value uh, because you want to be, you want to be in a, in a rhythm every day. And, and, and that makes things a lot easier because things go smoother when you're at home. Uh, Everything's done right because people know the way you like things done. And I think that's that's an advantage. Um, how much, you know, we got to try to quantify that in points. Normal home field is two and a half points. Uh, on average, Tampa has always been about a two and a half home field. So without the, without a full stadium, you know, I would say, it, you know, it could be worth maybe a point, at least a point of that two and a half. Speaking of that, Kenny, and uh, just – understanding the Super Bowl, being comfortable. Tom Brady, he's comfortable in a Super Bowl game. The long halftime, the pomp and circumstance. Kansas City was here a year ago. Does that go in at all, and returning so many players from that Super Bowl team a year ago, does that go into your handicap at all just because this game is so different? I'll tell you that uh, has shown up so big, I think, in championship games because we saw that last week with Buffalo. Mm Mm-hmm. They were a deer in the headlights, uh, had not been in that situation before, and were up against a team who had been there three straight years in their home stadium. So that was a big advantage for Kansas City. We saw it a couple years ago with the Los Angeles Ram team that walked into the Super Bowl thinking they were all it and had no experience in that game. The head coach had no experience, and the quarterback had no experience, and they were completely outcoached, uh, scored three points, an offense that was averaging over 350 yards, and almost 30 a game. So it does come up big in these situations because this isn't a normal game. This is this is such a different animal. This is the Super Bowl. It's so different from a normal game. Um, but that being said, yeah, can't, Kansas City, that's an edge being there. But Tom Brady has been there 10 times. Uh, he knows what it takes. And when the guy that's going to have the ball in his hand 70% of the time has the experience, we know that he's not going to crumble. I don't think anybody else on the team crumbles. Now, there might be a drop here or a drop there uh, because because there are some nerves in the game. But, you know, Kansas City's players are going to have those nerves. But I, I think the, the main thing is the head coach and the quarterback having the experience of being in this game. Uh, the consensus line right now, Kenny, as you know, is, is uh, Kansas City 3. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are hoping either way, would depend on what side they want to go, that it goes to 2.5 or it goes to 3.5 just to get it off that 3. Do you anticipate movement between now and Sunday? It's essentially been the same uh, since it was posted uh, way back when, uh, what, a week ago Sunday. What do you expect the line will do between now and kickoff? The... Uh percentage of wagers a couple of days ago maybe we can go back to thursday or friday was about 70 percent on kansas city uh the number would 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 trickle up to three and a half because of that because of all those tickets being written and then as soon as we got to three and a half you know the wise guys were jumping on the plus three and a half and knocking it back to three sooner or later the wise guy money runs out because they're not going to overbet the game 
Um, the percentage of tickets has been dropping slowly, though, down to 66% now in Kansas City. But that's enough that I think you're going to see on game day, you're going to see three pretty much predominant from now until game day. But I think on game day, I've got a suspicion that you might start seeing three and a halfs again because I, I think that's the overwhelming feel is Kansas City's the better team and people are just going to lay the points with the Chiefs. So I think you'll see three and a half uh, on, on game day. The thing that uh, for betters and the camp casual or amateur betters, uh, so much fun though the Super Bowl is the prop bets. Going back to the story of the after the 1985 season, the Chicago Bears will William Refrigerator Perry score a touchdown, and the books just got absolutely clobbered on that one. And it's become just a part of the lexicon here. 35 years later, Kenny, what do you look like when you're getting these huge sheets? I just printed one off for Ken. It's 19 sheets of paper he's thumbing through right from now from the South Point. <laughs> from the South Point. Right what 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 yeah. are you what are you looking for? What is kind of your your starting point going through all these props? Well, I, I do my own projections for each player. Um, I go through each player and uh, I get all their, their, their median numbers for the entire year. I do their median for the last uh, 10 games, last five games. And then I look at the playoffs and how much usage they have there. Uh, and then try to make a projection on how many touches they'll get, how many targets they'll get, uh, and the quarterbacks. And then i, I got to go through the team stats first, though, and I project out how many plays I think will be in the game how many plays each team will have. And when I get to those right numbers, then I can start to mold those players to fit those, fit those numbers. Cause I can't, I can't have 38 uh, receptions when the quarterback's only going to complete 24 passes. So I make sure everything equals out first. Once everything gets equaled out, then uh, I start to use those numbers to any projections that are out there. Uh, right now, what I'm doing is I'm going through Sunday's, college basketball and NBA card, and I'm making numbers on those games ahead in advance because there'll be some cross-sport props that are put up in the next couple of days. So then also you got to go back to the database and look at uh, Super Bowl history and, um, you know, different uh, things that happen in those games. Field goals, are, are they more successful in the Super Bowl or less successful than the regular season? Fumbles, are there more? Are there more interceptions? So those kind of numbers are there forever. Uh First, first carry and things like that. Those are, you know, pretty much down pat. I'll tell you one thing that the books post all these proposition wagers, not because they lose, it's because <laughs> they win at these. So they may have lost on the refrigerator Perry mm-hmm. um, when it was the, like the first Super Bowl prop ever. But since then, they started posting more and more to get their money back, and they've gotten their money back tenfold. <laughs> They've only lost a couple of years in Super Bowl props. One was the overtime game with New England and Atlanta, obviously, because all the player props ended up going over as well that game. So on the whole, though, over the last 25 years, uh, the, the, the sports books have won 23 of those 25 years very, very well on prop bets. Mm, Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com uh, is our guest. Tumsworthy Bingo will tell you about that here coming up uh, in a second. Kenny, where do amateurs, where do guys that, um, gals that will be betting this game for the first time, you know, they're going to download their app. They, they, we don't have to go to the casinos in Iowa anymore. You can download as many as you want, as we told you during our last conversation. Where do they go wrong when it comes to props? What are guys on the other side of the counter looking at and, and hoping you know back in the old days when they don't have apps that this guy's in town this tourist in town and he's going to make the mistake betting this prop what is the what are those props uh that are so skewed uh to the books winning 
Well, for, first, the, you know, the, the, the general public, when they're making a bet, they obviously, what do they want to see when they watch a game? They want to see fireworks. They want to see a lot of scoring. They want to see, and they see a total of 56. There's going to be a million points scored in this game. It's going to be so much fun. The professional better is hoping that this thing ends up in a crawl and somebody turns it over in the red zone. Uh, there's a missed field goal. There's a punt that's uh, short, whatever. That They're hoping for some bad things to happen so that it's a low-scoring game. They, 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 they hope. They hope it's three to nothing because if it is, they're going to cash in tremendously because they're going to bet everything they can under, and the general public will bet everything over. So that's you know that's that's the difference that the the general public wants to see those fireworks, wants to see the points, and every bet you probably have on your app is going to be over, 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 over. Where the general public or not the general public, the professional players that bet these props that do win at them. Uh, they'll all be on the under on almost every every prop. Saw an article from David Purdom over at ESPN talking about the projection of Super Bowl wagering this year is going to be down 37%. With the proliferation, and maybe it's just because our state now, you can do it mobily from anywhere. You don't have to sign up. But that surprises me. With so many states now involved in sports betting, to see the numbers down 37%, does that surprise you, Kenny? Yeah, as a whole of every state um, added up together, I don't think that would be possible. I'm with you. Um, last year, I think the state of Nevada did 150 million was uh, the second all time, uh, and and the New Jersey did I think 54 million. So yeah, there's going to be money taken away from Nevada, obviously, with more states now that have betting and and, and people will need to come to to Vegas to bet the Super Bowl. But think about that. There was 200 million there. I, I'm going to guess that all of the states that have legal gambling now, if you add them all up, it should come up to 250 to 300 million at, at the end here, adding Nevada, New Jersey, Iowa, Illinois, um, all, all the states, West Virginia, everybody that has sports betting right now. So I'm going to say that it's going to be a little bit higher. Yeah, Jimmy Vicaro. Saw- you guys got the, you, you have, you have the apps in Iowa. You don't even need to go. Correct. You know, um, and the same thing, you know, here in Nevada, you can you can put money in your account just by going to a CVS or a Seven Eleven that are on every corner. Uh, you just do a pay near me, and and boom, the money's in your account. You don't even need to go in the casino, and you're making bets on your app. So I I think that goes higher because back in the day when I first started here, you know, we we took phones uh, bets by telephone, and th- that's why the handle was so high because the big players were playing over the phone and they didn't have to go into the casino. When those phones went away, all that money went to the offshore industry where those guys could sit at home, use their phone. They didn't have to waste their time to run down to a casino to make a bet. That was just, you know, saving time. And, uh, now, now all the players have their money back up on accounts and betting on apps. So the, the volume is higher and it's going to continue to get higher. No question about it. Tell us about Tumsworthybingo.com. You're involved with it. I know you worked on the card itself. Uh, you don't have to bet on this. It's a free contest if you're not into sports betting, but you just want something a little extra in addition to the game. Tumsworthybingo.com. Tell us about it. Yeah, so much. It's the game within the game, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. I tell you, I've uh, been playing Super Bowl bingo for 20 years, and they came to me. They couldn't believe it. I said, did you guys hear about this, that I played bingo before? They're like, no, we didn't know that, so it was a great fit. Um, I helped them with the odds in their bingo card. You need to get one-line bingo. Once you get the one-line bingo, you're entered in the sweepstakes. And every tile you get, uh, you get another uh, 
ticket, basically, in the sweepstakes, another chance to win um, that uh, $35,000. That's the grand prize. You can win a piece of $55,000. Uh, the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter are all $3,000 prizes. Uh, those are all in the sweepstakes. It's a drawing. And it, you're right. It doesn't even have to be a professional better, a big interest. You could have no interest. Just sign up for it because Tums will keep track of your bingo card. But it helps, though, if you're watching that bingo card and when you get a tile, you retweet it, you get another entry into the sweepstakes. So that's big. It's a lot of fun. Uh, should be great in the first year and it continue uh, to get better. And Tums Worthy Bingo, what a great idea. Um, Everybody has a chance to win. No, indeed. I'm looking at it right now, and it's even uh, for guys as technically challenged as I am. I think I can figure this thing out. Tumsworthybingo.com. Kenny White is part of it. If his name's on it, that's good enough for me. Kenny White, thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Kenny. Got it, guys. Thanks. Enjoy the game. Yep, thank you. Do the same. Kenny White. KennyWhitesports.com. Again, the website Tums, as in, you know, those antacid pills. Yes, yes. Tumsworthybingo.com. Because uh, Super Bowl food, maybe get a little heartburn, uh-huh. need some Tums afterwards. Completely yeah. understand that. So, Or fumble in the red zone causes yeah, you to have a little heartburn. Yeah, that, that's the other way. Miss field goal. I'm going to guess I know what your Super Bowl menu is going to consist of. I think I know. Why you're you're picking up wings from Claxons. I'm picking. You know what? You're right on the money, but it's not wings. I'm not doing the wings. Oh, what? I'm doing the brisket. There's a like an F, what do they call it? Like a five meat special. Okay, all right. <laughs> See, I'm going to get the sausage. I'm uh-huh. going to get the brisket. There's a, a half a slab of uh, their incredible ribs. I'll probably double up on the brisket, maybe get some chop. But that's exactly what I'm doing. I knew it. Yeah, you're pretty easy. Well, I've done it the last couple of years. <laughs> And you don't like to change. No, why would I? It works so well. Claxon's Barbecue in Altoona, and we'll play for Claxon's Barbecue on Friday. We'll hear from Shelby Mass next. He's our bracketologist, Miller and Condon, 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock, Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Let's get right to them. It's good to reconnect with Shelby Maskinet's bracketologist. Of course, USA Today, the Des Moines Register under that umbrella. He's Miller and Condon's bracketologist. Bracketwag.com is where you can see Shelby's updated bracket. He does it each and every day. Shelby, it's great to talk to you again. Trent and Ken, how you been, Shelby? Doing good. How about you guys? Doing really well. Appreciate you coming on. Shelby, it seems to me, looking at uh, you know various uh, brackets, as, as Trent and I both do, uh, <laughs> you guys are all over the map this year trying to... Yeah. Normally, you know, you're, there's a, a little variance, maybe one or two lines, but it's harder, I think, this year, Shelby, in the pandemic, to really wrap your arms around that. Is that fair to say so far? Yeah, I think so. We got so many games being canceled or postponed, which I think are canceled. Uh, you got teams that that just that have to sit players certain games. Uh, there's just so many other distractions going on that it's hard to just pinpoint. I think the top four seeds are pretty set right now, 
But after that, it's just a crapshoot. You know, we normally have the non-conference tournaments. They those still some happen. We didn't have the same level of them. Some of the teams' non-conference schedules look different than they normally would. How much does that make it more difficult, just not having, A, the sheer number of games against each other in the non-conference, and, and secondly, not some of the tournaments that we normally get and kind of getting some of that cross-pollination happening? Yeah, it's going to be tough when, when all is said and done, trying to figure out what teams are good. I mean, we know some, but you're supposed to play teams, challenge yourself. The committee says that. They want that. But teams weren't able to do that like they normally would this year. I wanted to see Gonzaga Baylor so bad, but I'm going to have to wait. And I, I think it, this whole year is just going to be, I, I hate to say a big train wreck, but I think it is. Yeah, certainly heading in that direction. So I know you've got Michigan uh, still on the one, and of course Michigan is shut down uh, for the for the time being. I guess you really can't factor that into it, can you, Shelby? That this is a team that's going to miss a couple of weeks and then come back because it's what they've done. Uh, you know, you you update your bracket each and every day, and you can't punish a team because they're shut down, right? Well, I, you can and you can't. I, I can if there's another team that really steps up and maybe deserves a look at the one line. Houston, I'm thinking they're really looking good right now. I hate to penalize Michigan, but I may end up having to do it. Lack of games, and Houston doing good things. That Houston team, really interesting coming out of the American, have some nice wins on the resume. The American as a whole, a little bit different, maybe some of the past seasons we've seen out of that conference, but how much can they slip up? How much can a team like that that doesn't have the name brand of a Gonzaga, that doesn't have the same kind of cachet as the Zags. What's there to get to that one line? Do they basically have to be perfect the rest of the way? I think so, and that's sad because they're a really good team. But with their conference being down, the committee is going to look at who you played and the the rest of the teams just start stepping up. Wichita State's doing okay. There's some teams that are doing okay but not like what you need to have a onesie. Uh, best conference, Shelby, in your mind, is whom this year? I'm torn between Big Ten and Big 12. Big Ten, just because of the volume, mm-hmm. how many they're going to send, and Big 12 because of the percentage. They're going to send 70%, assuming Oklahoma State is eligible. Uh, you pick them out of a hat. Yes. I think you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Shelby Mass joining us. You can find his full bracket over at bracketwag.com. WAG, that stands for Wild Ass Guests, as <laughs> we do our housekeeping for the year. Shelby, I want to go on the local front, and the team, Ken started with this, just the variance that you see. We were talking about Drake today, the Bulldogs right here in our city of Des Moines, still undefeated. Finally took a loss against the spread on Sunday, but got the victory in overtime. How difficult this team is. They still have yet to play a game in the first quadrant. They had two against Missouri State, but they beat them and knocked them out of the first quadrant. The variance with that team and how high they can go, maybe how low they can go if they take a loss or two, what you're looking at with the Bulldogs and their resume as a whole. Well, it is difficult to to really grade how they are. Um I've got them at a six seed right now. I think they can go as high as a four seed if they remain undefeated. But two games against Loyola will, will matter a lot. Because Loyola is they're going to be a quad one. Now, if Drake were to lose out, they 
probably fall out of the bracket because mm-hmm. of lack of schedule. But being realistic, they're not going to do that. Um, I, I think uh, I think they'll end up in the five six range uh, with a loss to Loyola, one game, and depending on who wins the tournament, will be the higher seed team. Yeah, you've got Loyola right now as an 11 seed, uh, and so they've got two teams out of the valley. Shelby, is it is it weird or or different? Not the you know the Blue Bloods, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, you know some of them, uh, the Michigan States um, being air quote down this year. It's just different to to look at any bracket and not see those teams. North Carolina, for gosh sakes, an 11 seed in your bracket. Just it's just a different year, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. There'll be a big asterisk by this year, uh, no matter who wins or you know, regardless of what happens. Uh, you know, those are teams that are always there. And not having them, I feel like I'm missing something. Did I mess up and not put them in my bracket? Right. I don't, you know, and I think that has opened the door for a lot of mid-majors to, to step up. That's going to be great and uh, a different kind of feel to it. Now, though you're a Texan, Shelby, you're also a Duke fan. What's it been like watching them again last Oof. night? That Miami team came in playing some bad basketball and they beat them. What, what's yeah. your, the guys on the team, they, they have highly regarded guys, highly ranked guys. Matthew Hurt from just up the road from us up in Rochester, he was highly regarded his sophomore campaign. What's wrong with Duke? I think the same thing that's wrong with all the Blue Bloods. They didn't get a chance to do their summer program. Mm-hmm. They have to, the summer program helps bring them together as a team, get them used to each other, and they weren't able to do that until they're learning as they go. And will there be enough time in the season? Who knows? Time will tell. But I think that's the biggest problem is lack of uh, practice time with your teammates. Well, Shelby, uh, it's a wonderful time of year. The calendar is flipped to February. Uh, we've got uh, a whole month and then conference tournaments before the big dance, and we'll talk a bunch more between now and then. Shelby Mass, bracketwag.com, bracketwag.com. Shelby, you updated by what, about 6 a.m. every morning? I'm getting to sleep in till 7 right now, but uh-huh. next week I start with USA Today, so that changes. Good stuff. <laughs> well, enjoy the extra shut-eye, Shelby. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Uh, Good to talk to you. Shelby Mast back with us as we talk brackets. Bracketwag.com. EA Sports is coming back with college football. So this is big news, apparently. Twitter is going crazy. It's big news. EA Sports NCAA 2022 will, I guess, be the reincarnation. Coming back to an Xbox and PlayStation near you this summer. Uh, 11 o'clock hours coming up next. Wade Looking, Bill, and Zuba Mahente, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.